You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 235. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back to the Earn That Body Podcast. This is Kim Eagle, and thank you so much for coming back week after week to get fitness, nutrition, and health information. I mean, why wouldn't you, right? I always feel like I love listening to certain podcasts because it's really virtually free information. And if you're trying to get fit or be healthy or just need that little bit of extra inspiration each week to keep going, this is definitely the podcast for you. And again, I don't get paid for this. I do this out of the simple joy of giving back to the community. And this is the best way that I can do it because if I can help educate someone about their nutrition or help educate them as well in their fitness routine, whatever it may be, that is ultimately my goal and my purpose with Earn That Body. So do always share the podcast out there, whether it's on social media or tell a friend, because the more people that I can reach, the better I can pay health forward. Now, what are we talking about today? We are talking about your greens and how much protein they truly have in them. So our last podcast episode, we talked about fruit and how much sugar was in them. And I think it's sometimes interesting uh, that a lot of people tell me they get all of their protein because they eat a ton of greens. And I'm always thinking, that they don't realize how little protein is actually in those greens. Yet at the same time, I thought, well, let's do a deep dive and figure out which green vegetables or vegetables in general, they're not all green, which vegetables do have the most protein or are touted as having a lot of protein. So we can really see which ones maybe you should pick, which ones maybe aren't as high in protein. And if in fact you are getting enough protein from those vegetables, whether you're a vegetarian, whether you're a vegan, plant-based, or simply someone who definitely wants to increase their protein levels, but you know, you might not be a vegan or a vegetarian, but you do hopefully eat vegetables and this episode might help guide you as to which ones might be a little higher in protein or a little less than you thought. So all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from U.S. News, this title caught my eye because it sort of goes hand in hand with our episode today. The title says, Is Kale the Only Green Superstar? And this was written by Carrie Gans. She is an RDN and an MS. And it's funny because she says, to be honest, I don't love kale. It tastes bitter to me. But as some friends have pointed out, maybe I just haven't tasted it in the right dishes. Regardless, I've decided to compare kale to other dark leafy greens that may not be getting the recognition they deserve. Specifically, she compares kale to collard greens, Swiss chard, and mustard greens. Now, side note to you all, I actually don't love kale either, (laughs) which might be funny if you follow me on Instagram at all because I do garden and I have kale in my garden and I definitely make kale, but I only like kale chips 
Or what else? If, if the kale is like cooked in something, then sometimes I like it as well. Mostly we do a lot of kale chips. I do a couple vegetarian tofu dishes where the kale is sliced up and chopped super, super thin. But I agree that kale sort of has, it has a very specific taste and it's not sort of my favorite one. And it is a bit of a bitter taste. So I thought it was funny when Carrie said the same exact thing because some people just like love kale, can eat it all the time. Like I personally couldn't eat a salad of just kale or I should say it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be my favorite. Now when she compared it to mustard greens and collard greens and Swiss chard, what she saw in this chart is that kale has about three grams of fiber in compared to mustard greens, same three grams of fiber, Collard greens has more, five grams of fiber, and Swiss chard has four grams. So in terms of fiber, and I don't know, she didn't say what the serving size on this was, but I have a feeling it's a lot more than one cup, and we'll get into that in, the, in our session today. But in one amount that she gave, collard greens and Swiss chard definitely won in terms of fiber. Now for protein, and again, I don't know her exact serving size, kale only had two grams of protein, where mustard greens had three grams, collard greens had four grams, and Swiss chard had three. So kale was at the bottom again for protein. Now where it scored the highest was vitamin A. It had 345% protein, which blew away the mustard greens, collards, and Swiss chard. It also blew away the others for vitamin C. It has 80% in vitamin C. And then in calcium, collard greens actually blew them all away with 27%. And for iron, Swiss chard blew them all away with 22%. So a great article because as you can see from the chart above, kale does not, or it does exceed the other greens only really in the what, the vitamin A and the C, but the Swiss chard having 16% more iron than kale, that's a lot. And collard greens has 18% more calcium per serving of kale and double the amount of protein and iron. So that's a lot too. And then mustard greens holds its own, having the least amount of calories and slightly more protein and calcium than kale. So all four types of greens are rich in many other nutrients as well. So the folate, the copper, the choline, the magnesium, potassium, the vitamins, all fantastic. So many health benefits in all of these. But the point of the article was that kale is great, but it really isn't the end all superstar green. By any means, I would say always rotate through your vegetables, which is really what I try to do during the week, is have as many different kinds of vegetables possible and that's going to ensure that you're getting all the nutrients and all the vitamins out there possible. But by no means should you feel the need to only eat kale. Now let's get back to the topic at hand. We're talking about greens. We're talking about how much protein is in these greens. And again, there is, I think there's one that's not actually a green vegetable, but it is a vegetable. A lot of the information today came from Harvard Health News also medical news today, just so you know where I got some of my research from. 
The first thing I like to always make sure people understand are that vegetables are a super important part of a healthy diet and a variety is so important as well. You don't just wanna eat the same vegetables and the same fruits all the time. Definitely try to get in that variety. And then understanding that no single vegetable provides all of the nutrients you need to be healthy. And that's why you really want to have the variety and you want to eat plenty of vegetables every single day. Now, a diet rich in vegetables and fruit, they say can lower blood pressure. It can reduce the risk of heart disease and stroke. It can prevent some types of cancer, lowers the risk of eye and digestive problems, and has a positive effect on blood sugar, which can help keep your appetite in check. Always a good thing, right? And eating non-starchy vegetables, like the green leafy vegetables, may even promote weight loss for some people and their low glycemic load prevent blood sugar spikes that can increase hunger. So I'm always encouraging my clients not just to eat the right amount of calories, not just to hit the right macro percents, but they always get emails and they probably get tired of it, of me saying to them, so how many servings of vegetables did you actually eat yesterday? In general, you're shooting for four to five servings of vegetables a day. And sometimes people feel that that's just really overwhelming. Like five servings, I'm not eating five different vegetables in a day. And I agree, that seems a little overwhelming. But I think when you understand how small a serving size is, then you start to realize you don't have to eat five different vegetables. So half, um, Half a cup is generally a serving size, except for leafy greens. Leafy greens, they say one cup. So, you know, if you were to take a cup of spinach and really see how much that is, it's not that much. So you could probably always be eating two cups of spinach, which is two servings right off the bat. So don't let four to five servings overwhelm you when you realize how big half a cup or one cup truly is. You can try to get two servings at a time. And what I try to do is I try to have a vegetable with all of my meals. So put that spinach into your eggs. That's such an easy thing to do. Just chop up spinach, put it in your eggs. You don't even taste it. I generally put in my spinach or chard into my eagle shake. I have that all food uh, protein shake, no supplements here, no protein powder, but every time, and which is pretty much every day, I have the Eagle Shake, I put in a whole thing of chard, which is like one to two cups right there. And so I'm getting, you know, by morning I've already had three cups. And then in that sandwich you can put greens in or have a side salad and always a vegetable with dinner. You can have roasted broccoli, roasted cauliflower, you can um, steam up some asparagus, so many things. My mother always had a vegetable at dinner on the table for us and it is something that I promote to all of my clients and I have done it for my family as well and I encourage you to do it. So don't be overwhelmed by getting in the vegetables. But then let's talk about this. Have you heard people say that they don't have to eat meat and they don't have to, you know, eat this and that and they're vegan and they're vegetarian and they're plant-based and they get plenty of protein because they get it from their vegetables. I hear it all the time. And I'm here to talk about the reality of how much protein is truly in some of the most common veggies. And often these are the ones that people are saying are the high protein vegetables. And I wanna help you see and figure out if that is actually enough 
for you in a day to get this just from this these vegetables because this can be a super important episode for sure for my vegans and vegetarians and plant-based people but also for those of you who are just trying to eat a really healthy balanced diet and want to understand where these different nutrients come from and how they play in terms of your vegetables now i have to say protein is essential to good health it is definitely something that your body needs. And if you're an athlete or you exercise, you need this protein to help the muscles recover as well. Now they say that the very origin of the word comes from the Greek word protos, and that means first, and this reflects protein's top shelf status in human nutrition because you need it to put the meat on your bones, so they say, and to make your hair, your blood, your connective tissue, antibodies, enzymes, and more with the protein that you eat. Now, the recommended dietary allowance, the RDA for protein, is a very modest 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And the RDA is the amount of nutrient you need to meet the most basic, do you hear me? the most basic nutritional requirements. And in a sense, it's the minimum amount that your body needs to keep you from getting sick, not necessarily the specific amount that you should be eating every day, especially if you exercise or you're someone who's always on the go and you're moving and your job might be really active. That is not a sedentary person, right? So that RDA amount is basically for a super sedentary person and it's the bare minimum that their body potentially needs just for for living, right? Not for getting through all the exercise that they do. Now, if you wanna determine the daily protein intake this way, you can multiply your weight in pounds by 0.36. There's many calculators online that do it as well. But let's just say a 50-year-old woman who weighs 140 pounds and she's sedentary, right? She doesn't exercise. She doesn't do anything. She just she sits around a lot or maybe she's just very sedentary with her job as well. Well, that translates into 53 grams of protein a day. Now, if you're any of my clients or an athlete, you might be like 53 grams, like I have that in a breakfast, (laughs) practically, right? 53 grams, again, is what they are saying is the most modest, most basic nutritional requirement that the body needs, and that's at the very bare bottom level. So you likely need way more protein than that, again, if you're active. Now we're gonna get back to some of those numbers in a bit, but what I wanna do now is go through about 10 vegetables that are some of the top vegetables that people eat and really explain to you what is important about these vegetables and how much protein they actually have. Now I will say this, in my research for all of these vegetables, it was actually very hard to find out how much protein was in some of these vegetables. The reason being is the measurement amount that people are using is very different. So I would look up a cup of spinach protein in one spot and it would say X and then I would look up three other spots and it would say Y or Z. And so all of the numbers could vary a little bit, but in general, they were all around the same thing. And when we get to some of the totals at the bottom, 
it was all still relatively around the same as well. So just know that if you food log and you're like, hey, I know my spinach is more than that, it just sort of depends where you look at to get this information and also where the measurement is because a cup versus grams, are you weighing it or are you measuring it with a cup, as I said, um, all can make things a little bit different. So just know that right off the bat. Now, the first one we're gonna go with today is the least amount of protein per cup, all right? And then we're gonna build up to the most protein per cup for these vegetables. And I think it's kind of funny because the very first one is the one that everybody tells me they don't have to eat that much protein because they eat so much spinach. <laughs> okay, well first know this, the protein in spinach contains all the essential amino acids and that is what is the most amazing part about protein and spinach. One cup of spinach contains 121 MCG of vitamin K, which is amazing because that's just over 100% of a person's daily needs for vitamin K. That's fantastic. Spinach is also a really rich source of folate, vitamin A, vitamin C. It's a great source of magnesium, iron, potassium, and it even has a good amount of calcium. Now, spinach contains plant compounds that can increase antioxidant defense, and even, they say, reduce inflammation. In one study, there were 10 athletes who took spinach supplements for 14 days, and they showed reduced oxidative stress and reduced muscle damage after running a half marathon compared with those who took a placebo. All great things. Spinach is definitely an awesome vegetable. I have it almost every day. But just so you understand, one cup of raw spinach contains 0.7 grams of protein. That's it. And I wanna be clear, everybody's telling me they can barely hit five cups of a vegetables a day for their full servings, and protein only has 0.7 grams per cup. So how many cups do you think you would have to eat to get a really substantial amount of protein? Probably way more than five cups, right? Now, the thing that people really love about spinach and the protein is that the protein accounts for 50% of its calories. And that is awesome. But just so you know, none of these vegetables are high calorie foods. So it's not that much of a benefit when I see it that way. At the end of the day, if you're trying to increase your protein, you're gonna be eating a lot of spinach. Now, next up on the list, moving up a tiny, tiny, tiny bit in protein <laughs> would be your watercress greens. One cup of watercress contains 85 MCG of the vitamin K, which again is almost 100% of the daily recommended vitamin K for adults. And this is super important for blood and bone health. It's also a rich source of vitamin C, a great antioxidant, contains uh, B vitamins, calcium, potassium, vitamin A, and it is an antioxidant. So again, great healthy vegetable, almost all vegetables are. I can barely think of, I can't think of any vegetable out there that doesn't have so many great um, benefits to the body. They all do, right? But in terms of protein, watercress, one cup, 0.8 grams of protein. So we went from 0.7 grams of spinach per cup to watercress has 0.8 grams. So just keep that in mind. How about bok choy, also known as Chinese cabbage? 
another wonderful vegetable, super rich source of vitamins A and C and potassium. It's also a great source of folate, pretty good source of calcium, they say, and also potassium. Now, a number of cell studies have shown that Chinese cabbage is rich in compounds with antioxidant activity, and its outer leaves appear to contain the most antioxidants, and it may also have anti-inflammatory properties. Now, one cup of shredded Chinese cabbage has 1.1 grams of protein. So we've moved now just over one gram of protein for one cup of bok choy. The next is collard greens. Their vitamin K content is particularly remarkable with 157 MCG in a single cup. This is around 131% of a person's daily needs. And it's also rich in vitamin C and folate, a very good source of calcium and has potassium. So collard greens are definitely fantastic. They have high levels of antioxidants as well. And one study reported that people who ate cruciferous vegetables like collards are less likely to receive a diagnosis of breast cancer. So I think we should all get on our collard greens, ladies, right? Now, one cup of collard greens has 1.1 grams of protein just like the bok choy. Now, I don't know about you, but I had not eaten collard greens my whole life until probably a year ago when I started growing them in the garden. What made me grow them? I'm not even totally sure. I think because Texas is so hot, it was listed somewhere as a green that grows well in the summer. And I had never eaten them before. I happen to love them. I've only had a couple like recipes that I've been able to try, but the one that I have, I just, you chop up the collard greens really, really fine and you throw them in the pan with a little bit of olive oil and you really cook them up until they're almost a little bit crunchy. Add a little bit of garlic and red pepper flakes. Amazing, I absolutely love them. So if you haven't tried collard greens, maybe check it out, shoot me an email, I'm happy to send you the recipe as well. But again, one cup has 1.1 grams of protein. Moving on to your mustard greens, also provides a lot of vitamin K, 144 MCG, which is great, rich source of vitamin C, they have calcium, potassium, vitamin B, also a great source of vitamin E. Now, mustard greens, like many other plants, contain phenolic compounds that give them antioxidant properties. And a test tube study demonstrated that steaming mustard greens increases their ability to bind to bile acids, and that may help them reduce cholesterol levels. The same study found that steaming may have similar positive effects on collard greens, kale, cabbage, green peppers, and broccoli. So now I have to go try a collard green recipe where we steam it, <laughs> right? Now, how much protein do you think is in one cup of mustard greens? Well, we move up a little more into 1.6 grams of protein. So we're, we're definitely moving up in how much protein things have. This is another thing I did grow in the garden recently um, in the cooler months. I'm not a big mustard fan. There, It has a very strong, strong, strong 
sort of a peppery flavor. My husband absolutely loved it. He loves anything that's sort of spicy and peppery. So he thought they were amazing. But if you haven't tried it, definitely give them a try. Give all vegetables a try. I mean, there's so many to try out there and we get so used to eating the same things all the time. I'm super happy that I tried them. They're just not my favorite of all the greens, but they go really well if you mix them in with a lot of other greens. So it gives it a little bit of flavor, but I, I don't think I could eat like an entire dish of just mustard greens, or at least the ones I grew. They were very, very peppery. <laughs> Moving on, we come to cauliflower, and this is not green, and that's why I was like, well, they're not all green vegetables, but I think they are except for this one. So cauliflower is very rich source of vitamin C. And it's a great source of vitamin K as well with the calcium and high iron, magnesium, phosphorus. Cauliflower also contains a high amount of a particular glucosinolate compound called sinigrin. And this may have anti-cancer, antioxidant, and anti-inflammatory properties. Cauliflower is also high in other antioxidants that are preserved during cooking and may even increase after a person steams or microwaves the vegetable. So cauliflower, it's a good one for you. One cup of cauliflower, we're moving all the way up to two grams of protein, all right? Unfortunately, I don't love this vegetable. And if someone could give me a great recipe for it, please email it my way. I would absolutely love a great cauliflower recipe. I'm dying to love it so that I'll grow it in the garden because right now I just, I've tried everything. We have roasted it and we have steamed it and we have sauteed it. And I don't know, it's not my favorite, but if anybody has a great recipe, please do share it and bring it my way. Moving on to broccoli. Their vitamin K content is another one that is remarkable, they say, 157 MCG. You can see how much vitamin K we get from our vegetables. They're also rich in vitamin C and folate, a really good source of calcium, and has potassium. Um, research has linked the high levels of antioxidants in with decreased risk of developing prostate cancer in things like broccoli and even the collard greens had the same research. So I thought that was really interesting as well. All those uh, men out there, all those husbands out there, you should definitely be getting your blood work done yearly to check for prostate cancer. And it sounds like you can go ahead and increase the broccoli and collard greens to help you decrease that risk, God forbid. Now, broccoli, I probably have it like four times a week. This was just an easy one for me to make. I love to roast broccoli and one cup of broccoli has 2.5 grams of protein. I can assure you that I have a minimum of two cups with dinner. It's not that much. Again, chop up that broccoli and put it in an actual serving cup and you'll see it's not that much. So we are moving up. Broccoli has 2.5 grams of protein per cup. And then we get to asparagus. Asparagus, again, rich source of vitamin K, has great folate and riboflavin, uh, has great magnesium, phosphorus, vitamin A, and they say that asparagus may also have anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer properties. One cup of asparagus, we're moving up team, it has three whole grams of protein. So another great one, asparagus, I probably have once a week, I would love a better recipe, so if you do have one, let me know. My husband usually sautés them. We've tried roasting them. It's all good, not my favorite, but 
the protein levels are going up. So we might be picking asparagus more than not, as you can start to understand which ones have more protein benefit. Next on the list is Brussels sprouts. Now, one cup contains 3.3 grams of fiber, and we're gonna talk about fiber too. Brussels sprouts are also very rich in the vitamin C and the K, good source of folate, vitamin B6, and they're a decent source of iron and potassium. One animal study reported that eating Brussels sprouts promoted the growth and health of intestinal bacteria and stimulated the production of short-chain fatty acids in the gut. Now, Brussels sprouts, one cup, contains three grams of protein. So again, we're moving up. I love Brussels sprouts. I roast them, I throw them in the oven, I massage them with a little bit of olive oil, just a sprinkle of salt and pepper, and they're good to go. I like them a little crunchy, so I leave them in a little longer. Brussels sprouts are a good one, three grams of protein per cup. Now, what about kale? We talked about it in the Eagle's Eye on Health. People say it's the, the winner of all the greens. Kale, kale, kale. There was a point a couple years ago where it was like everything coming out was a kale flavor and a kale this and a kale that. <laughs> now, kale contains fiber, which is great. Antioxidants, calcium, vitamins like vitamin C and K and iron, a wide range of other nutrients that can help prevent various health problems. In kale, you're gonna get about two to three grams of protein in one cup. Now you're probably like, well, is it two or is it three? Kale was one in particular that I honestly, every, every site that I looked at said two, 2.5, three, 3.5. But most of them said two, two-ish grams of protein per cup. Now one thing that caught my eye about kale, and I thought that I would share this, there are a few risks I thought was interesting. You very rarely see a risk associated with a vegetable. The Environmental Working Group, which assesses a range of products every year, they put kale third on their 2019 list of fruits and vegetables most at risk of contamination with pesticides. People really need to wash their kale thoroughly, they said, before they use it. And then they said that some people should avoid eating too much kale for the following reasons. Beta blockers. Doctors often prescribe this type of medication for heart disease and it can increase potassium levels in the blood. So people who use beta blockers should consume high potassium foods like kale in moderation because kale is a high potassium food. So something to note if you take a beta blocker that you don't wanna be the person who's a little kale crazy <laughs> from the fad of it all. Be a little cautious of that. Also, if you have kidney disease, consuming too much potassium can be very harmful to people whose kidneys are not fully functional. And if the kidneys cannot remove the excess potassium from the blood, then consuming additional potassium could be fatal. So again, kale being high in potassium, if you have any kidney issues, that would be something you needed to be cautious of. And then there's blood thinners. Kale is a really rich source of vitamin K, which contributes to blood clotting, and this could interfere with the activity of blood thinners like warfarin, or they call it Coumadin. 
So anyone who's taking any of these medications should speak to their doctor about foods to avoid. Um, and I always like to bring those things up because maybe you don't take any of those things, but what if one day you do and you kind of remember, you know what? That Kim Eagle said something about beta blockers once in a certain vegetable. You know, you just have to realize that too much of anything, even a vegetable, can definitely interfere or react in the body. So I thought that was something to definitely note. Now, those are the 10 that we're talking about, right? So we started with spinach that had 0.7 grams of protein per cup. We worked our way all the way up to kale that had the most protein. So maybe that's why they love kale. It's always touted because it does have the most protein per cup, sort of, <laughs> depended who you talk to. It was either two grams, 2.5 grams, or three grams. Because quite honestly, asparagus and Brussels sprouts, that one was pretty much consistent that they have three grams of protein. So if I had to pick a vegetable for the protein content, I would probably go asparagus, Brussels sprouts, and potentially kale. Now, what I did on top of this is then I went and I wanted to know what the fiber was in all of these vegetables. And just so you know, I have done a full podcast on fiber. And so if you missed it, episode number 12, it's called How It Helps Your Body and Benefits Your Weight. And that was all about fiber. So something that you might want to look up. I also did um, an episode called Healthiest Ways to Cook Vegetables. So if you are super into vegetables, make sure you check out episode number 217 as well. But fiber is probably one of the main reasons that I eat vegetables. You wanna get at least 20 grams of fiber a day. That's the minimum amount of fiber you wanna be getting. And one of the best places to get your fiber is through the fruits, the vegetables, the whole grains, right? So I'm hoping that most of my vegetarians and my vegans have no fiber issues at all because they're eating so many fruits and vegetables out there. That's definitely going to benefit them. Now, I already know, and as you just listen to some of these top 10 vegetables, all of them have incredible nutrients for our body, right? They all have a ton of vitamins. They all provide so many great things for our body, um, whether it's a vitamin and a nutrient and, you know, all these research that has been done that it might have antioxidants and anti-inflammatory. It's a, it's a given to me that all these vegetables are providing so many great things for my body. But... How much fiber I get in a day is something that I definitely look at and I look at it for my clients and I teach them this fiber aspect as well. So I was curious, in relation to how much protein these vegetables had, how did that compare to fiber? And what I found really interesting was there was almost a direct correlation that the more protein it had, the more fiber it also had. So spinach has 0.7 grams of protein per cup. It also has 0.7 grams of fiber. Um, watercress actually had 0.8 grams of protein and only 0.2 grams of fiber. Bok choy, 1.1 gram of protein to 0.7 grams of fiber. And then it moves up with more and more fiber. You get to cauliflower, you get to three grams of fiber. And then the asparagus and the Brussels sprouts have the most fiber with 3.6 and 3.3. So asparagus and Brussels sprouts had the most protein, have the most fiber. So I guess if you're looking, hey, which vegetable should I choose tonight? If you're looking for some, a little bit of extra protein, not a lot, but also you want the most 
fiber per cup, asparagus and Brussels sprouts are gonna win, um, even over kale because kale only had 2.5 grams of fiber. But there was definitely a correlation between how much protein it had and how much fiber, so I just thought that was sort of interesting as well. Now, now that you hear those numbers, do you understand? Let's put this into perspective. If you were a person at 130 pounds, that would be shooting for 47 grams of protein, and that would be that RDA bare minimum amount for a sedentary person, all right? If you did the calculation, it comes out to shooting for 47 grams of protein. If I had 10 cups of spinach that day, that would be seven grams of protein. So add seven towards my 47 grams, 10 cups. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of spinach. If I had three cups of cauliflower that day, I would be at six grams of protein. If I had three cups of Brussels sprouts, which we said, oh, those are the high protein ones, nine grams of protein. If I had two cups of broccoli, which is a piece of cake for me, that's five grams of protein. Now, what I just said to you is a lot of vegetables, right? That's 10, 12, that's 18 cups of vegetables. That is way more than the five servings that you're supposed to have a day. I mean, that's five servings minimum. You can have way more vegetables if you want it. But it, all of that that I just said to you, which there's no way you guys are eating that much. I mean, I don't think. That's a lot of vegetables. All of that came to 27 grams of protein. And this 130 pound woman, she needs 47 grams of protein just as the bare minimum for survival for health in her body. And if you just were getting it from these vegetables, you're not even getting half of that or nearly half of that, okay? So it's eye-opening. Again, a lot of people tout certain vegetables like the spinach for being super high in protein. And really what they're touting is that it's high in protein in relation to how many calories it is, right? But at the end of the day, a cup of this vegetable is how much protein. And if you're trying to get your protein up, you're probably going to need some other sources than just vegetables. Now, to give you another sense of relativity of, of like how much protein is in other foods, three ounces of tuna or salmon or trout, three ounces, has 21 grams of protein. That would be 30 cups of spinach. Again, who is eating 30 cups of spinach? Three ounces of cooked turkey or chicken has 19 grams of protein. That would be 27 cups of spinach. Six ounces of plain Greek yogurt would be about 17 grams of protein. That's 24 cups of spinach. Are you understanding where, are you getting it now? Like it's a lot of spinach when people tell me they're getting all their protein from spinach. Um, even one cup of cooked pasta, of course it depends on the type that you're eating, can have eight grams of protein in it. And that's 11 cups of spinach. So, what am I trying to say? Even though vegetables are not a very high protein source, right? They're not. They're still so important in your day. So 
by no means is this episode about uh, you don't need to eat the vegetables because they don't have protein. No, 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 no. You need to eat the vegetables at least four to five servings a day for all the reasons I just said, the incredible amount of nutrients and vitamins and phytochemicals, right? Antioxidants. We absolutely need vegetables. But to call them a protein source, uh, I don't know, guys. That's that's a little tough for me. Now, maybe you are a vegetarian or a vegan, and I totally respect that. By no means am I telling you not to be. Everybody has a reason for it, and some people feel amazing that way. And if you are, I just hope that you are diligent and educated about what your body needs and that you're potentially getting that protein from other sources like tofu or tempeh. And there's a lot of other places that you can still get a good amount of protein. I've had many vegetarian clients who absolutely crush the Earn That Body program and nail the macros and the protein every single day. And they're vegetarians, so they are making it happen. Um, And then I've had many vegetarians who just struggle because they could never get in enough protein. So it, I don't wanna say it's a full-time job to make it happen because like I said, I had many who did it no problem, but they probably put a lot more effort in. And, and that's what it takes. It just takes knowledge and understanding where you need to get these other nutrients like protein or calcium. That's another one that a lot of vegetarians or vegans are missing in their diet. And you just need to make sure that you're getting those from other sources. But again, everyone, vegetables, an absolute must, Um, because again, of all of the nutrients and the health benefits, we need vegetables, we need fruits in our diet as well. Now fruit isn't, you know, as I've talked about before, that's not the unlimited one because it has so much sugar. When I said, Hey, if you want to have like as many servings of spinach as you want, go for it. You know, it's not that way with strawberries <laughs> because the sugar gets too high. So listen to uh, the last podcast episode where we talked about sugar and fruit so that you understand the difference. And then really make sure the most important thing with these vegetables is that you're not having 24 cups of spinach because you do want a variety. You want a different vegetable as much as you can because that's gonna give you the different nutrients and different vitamins that your body needs. Everything in moderation, including moderation. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Please give it a share on social media. If you ever have any questions about the Earn That Body programs, please feel free to always reach out, kim at earnthatbody.com. And I look forward to bringing you another great podcast episode next week, always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. 